This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Allison Lee Rosenfeld, the voice of Bonnie and Nurse Joy from Pokemon, Rio Castle, Riley, and Allie from Yu-Gi-Oh!, and star of Crumbly Kitchen. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. This week, Nintendo of America is being called out with accusations involving several unethical business practices. Square Enix sells two of its studios, AEW Games officially revealed new footage of their latest game, and more. Then, in our final stage, I review Tales of Arias for the PS5. All this and more as ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select Start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras. Select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. everybody and welcome back to another game filled episode of select start the video game podcast i am your host xavier josiah recovering finally i feel much better actually i you know people didn't know but i ended up uh, coming down with a cold um it was everybody thought it was covid it wasn't um and even if it was i'm already boosted prodded poked so much to the point that it's just a normal cold and i would eventually get off it so i am finally recovered after this week it was just a normal cough and uh, you know just coming down with a few symptoms but i am back and just in time because this is may 6th as i am recording this which means yes today is the premiere of dr strange in the multiverse of madness and i am going to the movies tonight i feel so much better now and man i doctor myself up majorly because i'm like i'm not missing this i am there's no way i'm missing this i'm so glad that it, it when it happened it happened you know at the beginning of this week so got it out of the way boom i'm ready and even to add on to that i got even greater news for those who are in the acmg group philadelphia area whatever and like that and is expected to be going to New York Comic Con because yes, it is official. I will be there. I will be covering press again for the second year in a row. And uh, thank you to the great people of Repop again um, for the press invite. And uh, I am looking forward to this. And I, I, you know, last year was really good. Um, now it was more than really good. It was awesome. Like <laughs> I was like, it was to the level of San Diego Comic-Con I felt and my wife and I had a great time last year and this year is going to be interesting because you know the mandate is down there is they're saying you know the pandemic is really kind of over not over but enough to the point that you know all you know data points that it's lower on the level than it ever was uh we're able to go out without masks now and this should be a lot of fun. Um, I'm looking forward to last year was a lot of fun, even though we had to do mandates and masks and everything. I think this is going to be even bigger because all of that is going to be gone now. Hopefully it'll stay gone. And 
I think more people are going to be comfortable coming together and, and enjoying it. So the only thing we're going to have to worry about is con crud again, which we need to get to get through that, too. I'm sorry that there is no reason why people should be coming in without washing. Just going to say that. Nonetheless, I will see a lot of you there this year um, back at the Javits Center, uh, October 6th to the 9th. So uh, I don't know what they I, I know some of the things that they're going to be there for. Um, it's you know, they already announced the One Piece crew that's going to be there. I don't know who else is going to be there, but I'm all for it. My wife is all for it. We're ready. We're going to be set up and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So but we have some video game news to talk about this week. I am telling you, I my goodness, this has been a crazy week of news in terms of like, um, What's going on in the industry itself? And I've read an article from IGN recently um, talking about and really just put it into light what's been going on with Nintendo of New, uh, of America. And it's heartbreaking because it's one of those same stories that you hear before from other industries. And of all people, the last you know company that you would want to hear this from is Nintendo. Now, granted, I said Nintendo of America. That is not nintendo of japan these are different branches but they are connected but they operate differently based on the country laws and labors and whatnot so you know it's unfortunate to hear this news because this is news that i heard before you know i've experienced this type of situation that is um that is occurring with this company a lot of people in the corporate world you know who works within the corporate world have experienced this especially if you're a person of color like it it, it happens often it's sad to hear this because I'm a big fan of Nintendo itself. Um, but Nintendo of America is, you know, undergoing some of the familiar practices that we've seen in other industries before uh, other corporate industries, I should say. Um, you know, we've seen stuff like this from Activision Blizzard. We've heard stuff like this before, way back before Activision Blizzard. It was EA. And I remember this when G4, when G4, the original G4 was out. There were documentaries about showing about like how popular EA has gotten because of their, you know, because of the Madden series and because of the Lord of the Rings series. And it is, you know, the popularity and success and financial success that those games have gotten for EA at the time and EA Sports for that matter, or EA, uh, EA Big Sports or Sports Big or whatever like that at the time has afforded them the opportunity to create a brand new lavish updated state-of-the-art studio they were one of the first to have this studio that will accommodate all of their employees so this place had like kitchens everywhere sleeping quarters uh recreation centers all around tester air you know areas for testing areas and all the stuff and it was supposed to be like the dream job that you want to work at and then like maybe like a year later or so we've come to find out that it's not all it is cracked up to be and that you know they're you know per, you know conducting unethical practices that will that makes people work longer hours than intended to create the lord of the rings games and you know people don't even get to see their families anymore and you know just all types of unethical policies going on and just craziness it was also to the point that like the actual staff sued the company you know for their acts and you could go on you could go and google it this was a very known thing back uh, years back 
and seems like it's happened again when you talk about activision and blizzard and what they were doing you know even i think they did worse in my opinion than ea not to take anything away from ea because i when i heard what ea was doing i was heavily upset and this is before i was working for corporate and i was like dude i can't mess with ea and not only that ea was also keeping you know secrets and you know about how they were you know doing games and, and keeping things from you know their fan base and, and and their consumer base that i didn't like i mean it's like there's still some things i'm not happy with ea to this day and how they conduct business um so i i tend not to really want to support them entirely and you know because i don't i feel like they part of them hasn't changed and then some of the things that they do with certain their certain games i'm not a big fan of um you know activision blizzard has been under fire for their situations with conduct issues and stuff like that um but they've been sold and they're hoping let's see what happens with that company now with this new regime and everything going in there and now we hear nintendo of america you know what talks about mistreatment and toxicity with employees and contractors and, and, and stuff like this this is just crazy so in this article it talks it explains how contractors of nintendo of america are protesting their discontent with the recent actions of the company uh and and again i gotta stress this is nintendo of america nintendo of japan there has been no talks of this type of practice happening but i will say nintendo of japan does oversee a lot of what goes on so it's not like they're unaware of what's going on in that company because i like i had to tell a uh acmg member on our deal is like you know i wonder how nintendo japan is gonna you know play off of this and handle this and he responded with like it's crazy it's really weird because well how one will have to do it another and for those who don't know let me explain because i worked in the corporate world before and all corporate structures and practices and infrastructures are pretty much the same no matter what industry it is there's a core structure of how business is run uh despite no matter what you're doing there's always this core structure and business structure that you got to go into before you go into selling the actual brand itself so when i worked for a nonprofit uh for like a decade um it was under a particular chapter and here in philadelphia that represented the delaware valley but there are other chapters as well there's greater pa which is separate from us um there is the greater new jersey which is separate from us as well and then there are other chapters that are spread out throughout the entire country however even though each one of them run their own branch because in each state there are different laws that are going under different labor laws some are particularly similar and then there are other things that are different that they have to go by but all of these chapters within the united states are overseen by one chapter that is in chicago and the which is they call the national office or the chapter or whatever and the national chapter or whatever and <clears throat> that chapter oversees everything that goes on in every chapter um it's like all right if you're marvel if you're a marvel fan think odin son odin son is the chicago office and it oversees everything so it also decides how the brand is going to be you know looked at how the brand is going to be promoted and branded so every 
you know, there's certain protocols that each chapter has to adhere based on the the call of the national chapter. So I'll give you an example. If you're promoting an event, anything that's connected to the to that, you know, to this nonprofit that I used to work for, you you know, and there's a promotion going on that involves the the you know nonprofit that I worked for. They would all have to you know adhere to the protocols and the branding uh, protocols that is by meaning you have to have the actual logo the logo has to be correct you have to make sure that the logo is presented properly the color the actual pantone color of the uh of that has to match the font that is used has to match all of that plays in the factor and this is one of those things because i am also a uh a multimedia developer for clients trying to create brands for them i have to tell them all the time you have to always have the same font you have to have the same pantone color you have to make sure everything is consistent with your brand because that plays heavily in the minds of the target audience that you're going for and nintendo of america does that exact same thing wwe does that exact same thing you know so forth and so on uh blizzard activision playstation sony i mean everybody it's it's a it's the nature of the business when it comes to branding that you have to do this so this is the same thing um when it comes to this situation with nintendo of america yeah they're doing their thing in america because america has their labor laws and everything and they're doing other things but the brand stays the same and nintendo japan oversees that but they also oversee everything to how it's being operated within america you can't operate the same in uh, America that you can in Japan and vice versa because they're different laws. So um, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I wonder what they do involve that. And I, that's what I had to explain to uh, one of our members of the ACMG Facebook group. Like that's how that works. So, you know, Japan oversees this. And if any time, if anything goes down, Nintendo of Japan can say, like, look, we're closing down shop in America because it may not be beneficial to you know operate in america anymore you might result in doing something else or moving you know that's just how it works um i think they also there's a european branch as well maybe um in, in areas too because they sell to the european areas as well in different regions so there is other different branches other than Nintendo of America. There's, you know, Nintendo of Europe. I think maybe North America as well. I'm, they're, they're, I'm definitely sure because if you, especially if you go into, if you buy import games from, you like I, you know, buy J uh, Japanese imports, which is, you know, region free. Um, but there's also, if you go to play Asia, you know, the website where you could buy the other imports and all types of things that I normally buy from there, you can also, notice that there's a european uh, market out there for nintendo and playstation and all this stuff and there's north america and south america and all that stuff so that indicates that there's different branches that nintendo owns and runs in that within an area they don't just run from nintendo japan they have to have an office in that region to be able to handle that region so that's how that pretty much worked so the contractors who have worked with the company for over a decade have seen some uh, a contrast in the structure of the company. There was one in particular that was saying like, 
you know, they've been there since 2009 when everything was all roses and glory and, and, and paradise and everything was going great for business and everything. And then now it's 2022 and it's such a drastic change in, you know, just the the uh, morale of the place and how the thing. And I, I wonder if how effective COVID played a factor in this, too, because I'm sure COVID played a factor into how things, you know, the sales marketing like Nintendo did really Nintendo did good during the pandemic and such and all that. But they were not without their, you know, you know, their bumps in the road, if you were like no, no, no different than anybody else, because everybody, every other company suffered when it came to, um, you know, getting, you know, units created to, to sell. You know, they couldn't there wasn't enough Nintendo switches to sell. Um, there's much, there wasn't that much PlayStation fives to sell Xboxes and so forth and so on because the pandemic happened. There was nobody working stuff like that. So I'm sure that put a lot of stress into things, but at the same time, this doesn't mean that you abuse your employment. You abuse the people who choose to work for you. And this is going to be a lesson I'm going to talk about at the end of this too, because this is a lesson that I had to explain to people in my in ACMG Facebook group because of my experience from this like this is you have to know your value as an employee as a contractor it, 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 there's a certain point and I'll talk about this you know as we're going along but um while the brand while the brand projects a fun atmosphere you know like we see with the Nintendo you know direct you know, presentations and all the stuff like that. And, you know, E3 presentation the Treehouse showcase and everything, you know, it's just stuff behind the scenes. I'm not surprised at this at all, you know, behind it, you know, the, you know, behind the scenes is like far from fun. It seems that, you know, Nintendo of America is following that unfortunate footsteps we see in other companies, you know, for the past decade. And now from what we hear, they're forcing staff to work extra hours, much like we heard from other ones in, in days trying to meet their quotas and deadlines and such. Um, they're, 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 their strategy is something that is very familiar when I heard this. I was like, I was not surprised, but I was disappointed when I heard this because this is something that a particular company that I know does this way often. And it, there's been fights about you know, legal battles about this situation. I uh, come to find out that Nintendo's hiring contractors who are hoping to be appointed uh, as what they call a red badge, which is like a full-time position with full-time privileges. And according to IGN, sources have described the mistreatment of the contractors by not including them in staff meetings, diversity groups, or holiday parties. You know, it's it, and it's a way to it's, all, it's one is like a self-fulfilling prophecy, but two, it's also a way of not really including them as full-time staff, you know, because if you do all that, it's almost like you're saying, give them a W-2 form to sign they're officially in. And it's, it's really, that's really awful to do. That is really bad to do, especially if these guys are working normal contractual hours that, a, that what they call a red badge would be. That is really horrible. Okay. Um, now, along with that, there's also uh, a mention of Nintendo of America enforcing a policy that enforces contractors not to stay out of work for more than three days. Meaning, like, I've been sick for like five days and I'm just now recovering. 
two days more, I am facing risk of termination. That is ridiculous. That is utterly and I, I don't want to say inhumane in a say, but it's definitely very unethical, you know, for somebody to do that. Like I, I've never heard, I've never worked at a job that has ever did it. And if I did, I would not be there for long. I've left jobs when I felt devalued. I immediately, like I've worked for Tower Records, you know, back in the day. And I, and I you know what? I'll wait for that story because there's a story that's very similar to this um, that I'm about to talk about right now. And it, it, when I heard this story and I heard her speak it, <laughs> excuse me, um, it made me flashback into the situation. So from what, it, what they were explaining as well, contractors are given more work piled onto them with no promise of upward mobility. I've had that same situation happen to me in, when I worked in that nonprofit corporate environment as well um, for 10 years. Like I worked in that environment for 10 years and no matter how much I did and how diligent I was, there was never any talks of me going up. I've even graduated from college with full honors, with A's, getting a, 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 A's in particular subjects that were related to the job. And they still uh, decided not to even consider me for any of that. You know, that to me, I, I totally get it. And take note, I was I was literally the only black man in that office. Put it together, people. So here is the story that really got me because there was one story from a former contractor named Jen, and that's what they called her. I'm not sure if that was the actual alias or in in, in the voice was modified to sound like it was um, a male voice. So it's that we're going to use pronouns for this in some cases because um, we don't really know. But it was a, it was an employee that was a contractor named Jen that talks about uh, how they had to go on an emergency leave as her sister passed away or their sister passed away. The contractor, the contracting agency that they uh, they worked for said that it was fine and they were able to they will be able to return because they were promised uh, an interview for managership. This person went uh, on, took care of the family, uh, handled the proceedings for um, the lost sister. And when returned ready for the interview, they told the person that they took way too much time off and they were no longer eligible for the opportunity. That's when that person said that they checked out and they figured they were never going to get any uh, full time, you know, contractual work. So there's been talks uh, that the contractors even worked in a much different building than the popular established uh, Nintendo of America headquarters that fans were familiar with. That was very similar to what I described uh, from EA's state of the art, you know, um, office, you know, building at the time. You know, they had all the bells and whistles and such. Um, it was considered off limits to them. Now, let me stop right there before I continue with my notes. And the situation, that situation with her, um, with her sister, it's really sad. It's really sad to hear. And it, it just flashed me back to when I used to work at Tower Records. 
and the mistreatment I had in that place was just un ungodly. Um, retail is never a <laughs> it's never a great job to work in. And I've worked in retail for, before I transitioned to corporate. I worked in retail for seven years, um, working in various different types of you know retail you know environments, and even you know getting raises you know to also you know raises when I you know premature raises, I guess you could call it, you know, because of my work ethic and even getting promoted. And it's not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing, no matter what position that you're in. And in this case with Tower Records, it, the mistreatment was just so bad that it was a, it was a really uncomfortable and toxic place to work at. People were just irritable, bitchy at all times. There was like one or two people that I was cool with, but just, it wasn't a really good place to want to work at. And when it came down to it, my mom got into sort of a mini coma, uh, due to something that went down with her and I immediately had to go. And that manager at the time, I guess he thought I was BSing and I'm like, who would lie about their mom going to the hospital for a coma? Who in the God green earth would do that? And lo and behold, he had the audacity to ask me, can you come back when you're done? And I just, I, I, I pretty much blacked out and just, dwelled on the idea that he was trying to get me to come back to work after hearing that my mother fell into a coma in the hospital. And not only that, no, here's the thing. I wasn't even there at the time. I was actually calling in because I found out that she, she went into the hospital and fell into a coma. And then he, I called to say that I wasn't coming in and he asked me, can I still come in afterward? And I'm like, that's it. I was done. So I ended up going down to that, to the, to that, uh, to work, but not to actually work to throw him my employee badge. And I told him I was out because what he did was absolutely, absolutely. It was, it was despicable. And I made sure that he knew that. And I threw that badge right at him. And I was out. The general manager, you know, found out about it and he was a little, he was cool about it, but this, this the general manager just, he was an ass. And I was like, I can't work with him. I can't work under this. This is just not for me. I'm done. I, I, I can't. And he, as I was walking out, he was pleading forgiveness and trying to get me to, you know, come back and everything. I'm like, no, I'm out. I'm done. I, I can't, you're, you suck as a manager. Okay. So I have had many a times where I was like, I knew we're in, in, in a place was bad for me and I'm not going to work there at all. So that was one of them. That was just one of them. Um, and I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. My mom is no longer with me now. And it even like really pisses me off more that that situation happened at the time because you know she undergoing you know quite a few health issues at the time and he wasn't aware there was no sensitive you know sensitivity towards this guy or no empathy towards that guy so i get it i totally get what this person was going through and i'm really sorry that she had to go through that 
or he, you know, or they for that matter. Um, so apparently Nintendo of America's conduct conducts a familiar practice <laughs> that has been made famous by none other than well-known wrestling promotion, WWE, where they hire talent and sign them as independent contractors, which keeps them from being liable for many insurance uh, situations or state labor laws. I almost feel like, because WWE has been around for a long time and they're well known for this, but Nintendo has been around for way longer, but not Nintendo of America. Nintendo of Japan has been around for like over a, a century, literally over a century, probably maybe 130 something years. That's not a lie. Look it up. They, I've talked about this before. They, Nintendo of America has been around forever. I have the actual playing cards that they used to sell before they started, way before they started using video games and selling video games and stuff like that and toys. That practice will not, you know, has been something that the government, Andrew Yang has been, you know, who works in the White House, He's been trying to fight this. He's been said, or I don't think he's even attempted yet, but he has said often that he wanted to try to stop Vince McMahon from doing that because it, it, you know, Vince McMahon has been doing two things, trying not to fully consider the talent in WWE as employees, but also He's been uh, trying not to make sure that they don't un they unionize or, you know, join up with SAC after, which is something that they can absolutely consider doing because, you know, a, a lot of what they do is athletic, but also not a lot of other things that they do is also theatrical. So there they are. They, a lot of them can actually there's a there's legs to stand on in this situation. It's just a matter of when they can do it and how's this going to happen. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. recently, uh, you know, has talked about coming up with his own wrestling promotion that will involve uh, SAG after as well. And if he's able to pull that off, that would be awesome. Um, and that'll be game changer for the entire industry itself. So Nintendo of America is doing the same exact practice, which it is. I it, it I it, it it annoys me to know when that they're doing this. I hate that they're doing this. I can't stand the idea that they're doing this. I hope that they now that they're exposed and that it is coming out. And I, added to that, Reggie Fizeme, the former CEO of and president of Nintendo, recently has come out with a book that he's you know now doing a book tour of interviews about um he he's the former not ceo he's the former president and coo of nintendo of america he has a book now that he's coming out it's available now or hard copy is available and audible as well i actually just got the audible version so i'm looking forward and it's being narrated by reggie himself because he understands his own brand and reggie since the i remember the first day Reggie got on the E3 and represented himself in his charismatic way. I didn't, he kind of reminded me of Missy Elliott. Like you didn't know what to expect when Missy Elliott came out and how, and her rap style was so different. But as you gradually start listening to Missy Elliott, you started getting down with it. Reggie's kind of that same, had that same vibe where you didn't understand Reggie. He was a little bit charismatic 
and over the top, but you kind of, it was his brand. And, you know, people have grown to love Reggie fils throughout years. And he's even mentioned a lot of this in interviews. And I believe he also talks about this in his book as well and how Nintendo of America operates. And it, it may come off a little bit interesting. So, you know, if you want to learn more about Reggie's journey from the Bronx to the top of Nintendo, definitely go out of your way and check that out. Cause I guarantee you there's going to be some Nintendo tea spilled there because he's no longer with them. You know, he moved on. He worked on other, you know, ventures as well. He's still working on other ventures and he's still in, in the, he like, he's a big part of the game in history now. And uh, this is very interesting, man. I, I'm looking forward to reading it. I haven't, I did get the audible, but I haven't gotten a chance to check it out. Maybe I will. And um, I'll have further to talk about it um, down the line on this platform. So, but for those who are working nine to five in retail, for those who work in, in the corporate that are listening to this show right now, I can tell you from experience, please know your value know your value i don't care how awesome an experience a job sounds or is you have to know your value your value has to be on par of the value of the job that you're looking for like you can't just go to a job and think like you know this job is bigger than me no you guys need to be on equal ground which means you need to present a value that is equal to what you're valuing and hopes and even more because you have to present something that your job is to come in and say like, look, I can keep the road. I can keep the will going, but I can also elevate the will and evolve the will to do more. And if you grow your value, you know, which is more like Reggie has done that. Reggie fils has done that for Nintendo. He has elevated Nintendo into, he's helped to elevate Nintendo to what it is. And he leaves now being his own brand. So when he goes to anybody else, he has a he has a value that is worth a lot of money that he brings to the table. That's how people need to come off when they work for these companies. That's how you got to come off like you got something to bring to the table and you need to be valued in that way. That's what led me to leave my corporate job to do what I'm doing right now. That's what led, you know, the, the guy, you know, the guy from Amazon, like if you think that you can't be the only person that you can't make yourself can't make a difference, but think again, because I would not be here talking to you right now. I would not be having these opportunities that I'm doing. I wouldn't have the uh, ability to enjoy life that I, I am because I have control of my life. It's not easy. It's not something you're just going to jump off to and do, but you got to have the value, the courage, the confidence, the conviction to be able to do it. And you got to know your rights and you got to know yourself. You have to, it may take time for you to do, but eventually you will do it. But I highly recommend everybody to do so because you should not go into a job thinking that they rule your life because a lot of people do that. And then you get resentful when you see other people like me or somebody else doing it. You know, there's a guy that, it, that worked for Amazon who people, you know, doubted and thought that this dude couldn't start a union. This dude single-handedly, this black man, this black man who was a former hip hop artist, who people look at him right now and think like every bit of stereotype to this dude, but this dude single-handedly started a union for Amazon employees to make sure that they're being treated and taken care of fairly. 
and then this union is going to grow even bigger because of this guy this guy now is being interviewed by everybody because of what he's done he's made history for one of the biggest billion dollar industries in the world and made a mark in that company one man imagine if a lot of other people did it and it was nothing special about this guy other than he wanted to make change he had no different abilities he all he did was put in effort that's all he did he put in the effort he studied the he studied the company he did everything he needed to do and he also made sure that they, he underestimated you can do that you know your rights and if a lot of people start knowing their rights and their value more imagine just think about that what would actually happen if you actually work together to know your value I, I think people understand that, but they don't act on it because they're afraid and it's okay. Yes, there's a reason to be afraid, but guess what? That fear doesn't last long. I've been out of the corporate business for over five, six, going on seven years. My wife, now I helped her, you know, build her business. We're both now independent. It's just a matter you gotta have the right plan and the right brand and you know just the right moves but you also got to have the confidence and the value of yourself to do it that's what i do i help people build their brands i help people who are in those situations and work with them you know and they hire me to work with them to create their vision but they have to have that plan as well so when i tell you from experience please know your value I mean this from experience. So just take that, whether you want to get into the gaming industry, whatever industry that you want to get into. But when you see stuff like this, act on it. Don't let people like this, don't let corporations like this get over on you like this. You are just as value up to them as they are to you. That's all I'm going to say about that. So let's move on to other really crazy business news like Square Enix selling off Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal. <laughs> this is crazy. Reports have said the company known as Embracer Group has entered an agreement to acquire Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal from Square Enix, which consists of over 50 major IPs or intellectual properties like Tomb Raider, DOSX, I believe Marvel uh, Avengers in Guardians of the Galaxy also plays into this as well. And I think it actually plays majorly into this um, as well. This is said to close out during uh, Embrace's 2022 and 2023 fiscal year or financial year, which may fall into uh, July or September of this year. Some speculate that this sale is due to Square Enix less than impressed results with games like the disappointing Avengers, uh, Marvel Avengers game that I've constantly had struggles with um, a while back and the actually impressive and better Marvel game, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, it looks like Square Enix will stick to what brought them to the table by focusing on their original studios in Japan, which is including uh, games like Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, um, other games that they work with Final Fantasy. Like that's what got them to the table. I think they 
it sounds like, and I, I'm just speaking for myself. It just sounds like that they were trying to venture out, you know, get into the American side of the market and see if how they fare with it. Um, I think in terms of Marvel Avengers, I said this often before, they did not need Square um, Crystal Dynamics to do a Marvel game. I think if they would have done what they do best and put a Final Fantasy spin on the Marvel on Marvel's Avengers, I think that would have been dope. Like they, it's funny because I actually have in my office a figure, a Square Enix figure that I got from San Diego Comic Con that they sell exclusively every year, and basically it's of different Marvel characters like Venom, Spider Man. I got the Spider Man one, you notice after on my second trip to San Diego Comic Con, and it's a Square Enix designed version of Spider Man like as if it was drawn in the final fantasy world and it's so awesome and i'm like okay they went into this series of figures but why not have why why didn't they just do a video game of the same deal got the same artist and illustrator to do the design the character design and everything and that would have been so awesome but they for some reason they didn't they felt that they wanted to stick to the plan and i'm like okay I thought a Final Fantasy themed Marvel Avengers game would have been so awesome doing it in the same way that they do a Final Fantasy game. I think it would have sold. I think it would have been much more successful. I also think that the game would have been way more solid of a game experience than what Crystal Dynamics was doing. And what Crystal Dynamics was doing was basically plotting to nickel and dime you with this game. And I hated that. I really hated this thing. Um, I hope it burns a holy death. <laughs> I'll stick with um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Thank you very much. And Guardians of the Galaxy to their credit, because I thought that was a great single player experience. I thought it was the game experience that I wanted from Marvel uh, Avengers. Now, take note, there's not it's not all bad. I did like the storytelling, the acting and, and cast and performances were great. It's just when it came down to that multiplayer and these microtransactions and these loot crates or whatever stupid things that they were. they I, It's like. They're still trying to sell people on these damn skins. And I know there are stupid people out there that are still buying these damn skins after all this. Like, I'm, dude, I'm sorry. There's no way I'm going to buy every one of those damn things. You don't need to. Like, just stop on that note. But, you know, it's happening and we'll see what's going to happen with them because they got a large library to work with. And um, hopefully they'll restructure, rebrand into something better. <laughs> excuse me with those games and um we'll see we will see so all right let's get into some more fun news and when i say fun i mean wrestling news <laughs> okay aew has been keeping quiet about uh aew games and the new wrestling game that's coming coming out but recently a couple weeks ago we talked about them actually you know announcing that they uh, gave a name for, <coughs> excuse me. They gave a name for the actual video game that's coming out. Um, earlier this week, AEW Games um, revealed two new gameplay demos featuring wrestlers Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander. Uh, fans got to see a first look at their move sets in infamous AEW in the infamous AEW arena, 
and so far so good it looks great it looks awesome the game is still in development uh it is in development process right now as you can see if you look at the video some of the animation looks great but it looks kind of stiff um collision detection remains solid in there there didn't seem to be any clipping or whatever like that so far um the character models looked really well de uh detailed and precise the wrestling company then announced that the official AEW Twitter on their official AEW Twitter page, I should say, uh, that the title for the new Ukes uh, game will be called AEW Fight Forever. It's officially said now on Twitter, which which was originally announced on a live taping in Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago by um, I, I want to say Josh um, Justin Roberts, who is the ring announcer. He announced it because they were also recording audio for uh you know crowd audio in pittsburgh i, I wish I, I i hope they also did so in philly because when i went to the philly show we were loud and proud <laughs> in that arena so i hope that they got a little bit from us especially that hook housing champ because we started that damn it so i'm hoping that was the case too um the tweet also said that it will be available on both console and pc and i jumped the gun when I first heard that, because I'm like, when I, when he said both console, I didn't realize that he said console as a singular and not plural. If they would have said plural, I would assume, I kind of often assumed that it was like both consoles. Oh God. Are they just talking about PlayStation and Xbox? But it was singular. So it meant like console representing all consoles, which I wish they would have just said all consoles and PC. So yes, it said both console and PC, which hopefully does include the Nintendo Switch as they talked about and Kenny Omega talked about. Um, speaking of Kenny Omega, uh, the AEW star and executive vice president did say prior in prior interviews that the game will include full campaign mode, multiplayer, creative suite for you to create your own wrestlers and a variety of different game modes as well. Uh, so uh, unfortunately, we still have yet to have a release date on there, but we will have it guaranteed uh there's it, been rumors that it said it was stated to come out later this year so we'll see i, I think i don't think it's going to be ready i'm thinking if, if they claim it's coming out this year i'm thinking holiday if not holiday maybe early 2023 that's my belief there but i who's here's hoping for an early start so not only that but uh if you are still waiting but you can't you know you still got games like retromania wrestling that you can hold off and play and you definitely want to jump back in if you haven't been playing it in a while because the new dlc update is now available on pc and it will be released for consoles any day now actually they did um they already according to retrosoft video uh retrosoft studios um they and they responded to me basically said so they uh they shot it out there already and you know it's most likely any we should get it any day probably maybe today or maybe sometime next week these you know if you for those who don't know and if you listen to any of the interviews that we had especially with mike herman of retrosoft studios uh if you haven't checked that out go to talktimelive.com and our exclusive video page and you can see you can check out our interview with him as he explains in detail the process of how that goes and basically when they submit a different update or even a game period there's a process for each game console and game company nintendo has their own set of requirements 
PlayStation has their requirements. Xbox has their requirements and Steam has their requirements as well. Steam is always a little bit easier to up, uh, you know, deals with like a lot of game developers use Steam as a tester for these type of things before they issue it onto the other ones because the other ones are a little bit harder to, you know, be approved. So the approval time takes a little bit longer for that to happen. So once that happens, which can range from within a few days or it can range out to even maybe two weeks. I'm thinking if it doesn't happen today, chances are it probably will be approved next week. Now, it just depends on the level of the update. Um, I'll give you an example. When Dotemu did that update for the uh, the design change of um, the African-American character on Windjammers 2 that I uh, requested them to do, they said it was going to take no more than a week. And it actually did take roughly five business days to do because it was a quick, easy update. So, you know, and, and basically what happens is it's, you know, there are hundreds upon hundreds of games that are being uploaded onto each of these platforms like the eShop and PlayStation um, Store and Xbox Live, you know, store or whatnot, uh, or the Microsoft Store, if you will. And there are hundreds of games, hundreds of patch patches and all the stuff that are going constantly up all the time. So often these games are being put into a queue list, which means it's like, take a number. will you know, assist you when your number comes up. It's that basically that same system. So depending on the queue number that RetroSoft uh, Studios is in with the Retromania wrestling game and the patch updates or the updates that they have, um, it, it, it varies. It varies depending on, you know, the number that they add. So it can, they can be approved at any time today, next week, um, which usually is roughly around 10, uh, I'm sorry, uh, noon Eastern standard time, you know, for us, 9am Pacific standard time, usually, um, for these type of updates to occur, it could be today or it could be next week. If, like I said, if it's not today, I think sometime next week, definitely that new update will happen. And when it comes, it will include the following the debut of bullet club member chris bay he is the first new dlc character that we will have for this game and i'm looking forward to playing him he may be my main character in here because his moveset looks really awesome in there we're getting three new arenas we're getting new entrance title graphics we're getting also new entrance animation and animations for some characters as well as animations for some characters that have been tweaked and updated as well scan line options you know to give it that really cool arcade feel patches that will fix some bugs that was in the previous version of the game will be uploaded as well new moves for some characters um the ability to toss opponents into the cage uh and out of the ring has been added uh new title indicator which allowing you to know who is the current champion when playing the uh other um, match types in there as well uh, RetroSoft Studios has also announced more wrestlers to come, including James Storm, Mr. Huge, and a brand new story chapter that we was talked about in my interview with Mike Herman as well. Again, I know what that story is. I'm not telling. Uh, it's going to be awesome. I, you know, I, it's, I know what it is. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to that. And 
even more wrestlers after James Storm, Mr. Hughes, that has been announced too. So they're talking like adding on to the roster as well, which is great because the roster is good, but we need some more people in particular, some tag teams coming in as well for that game. So it is coming. I'm looking forward to that and, uh, you know, get ready. So new wrestling games are coming. We also got the wrestling code um, that is still in the works, too. And they, their roster is looking pretty good. A lot of um, known indie guys are going to be in that one, too. It's going to be very indie specific, whereas like Retromania Wrestling is going to be like Legends of Wrestlers specific with a few new um, known wrestlers that are added on to it as well. Whereas AEW is just, you know, the top of the, the top of the top is there so each wrestling game is going to have a good flavor that you can play and all the stuff too so we'll see but folks that will do it for this segment we're going to take a break come back and in our final stage i will review tales of arise and tell you why if this if this game was an actual book there were probably some political groups that would probably want to burn it <laughs> we'll talk about why right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! reached the final stage of this program and i'm here to review tales of arise bandai namco's latest in the tales saga and you know tales of uh the tales series are just a group uh, like final fantasy it's just like a group of action role-playing games each one of them have its own different story to talk uh you know to tell and a awesome group of characters and you know stories that go along what Tales does so right is always with their character development. It easily creates these characters that you're so drawn into. Um, I am actually also, while I was playing Tales of Arise, I was also playing, um, when I'm not playing that, I was playing Tales of Vesperia again on a Nintendo Switch um, because now I'm playing, you know, parts of the game that I've never played before and reacquainting myself with that story as well. And that's the one that everybody really loves the most. I think it was the first one, but there's ones that have come after that and Tales of Arise is the recent one. But what makes Tales of Arise so great right now is their story, which is a very relevant story. Uh, I would say fantasy based on reality. 
it's a story about social justice is a story about racism uh and oppression within a certain commodity of uh in group um that can be like to me this is like a anime version of x-men the story is being told in the same fashion that jim lee i mean stan not jim lee but stanley and jack kirby would have um you know mentioned it like jim lee and uh, jack um i keep saying jim lee stan lee and jack kirby created the story of the x-men which was based on the civil rights movement tales of arise takes a little bit from that aspect and also does the exact same thing by creating this world but make it relevant and relatable to what's going on right now in our current world in our real world here so you know we have these this race these two different stratifications here you have the denons which is like the poor group of you know poor uh social group if you will and then you have the renins who basically are the high privileged uh, highly socially stratified you know race of people and they have enslaved the renins so yes this you could say that the renins were old school races white delegations at one point and the and the denons are the you know are black people or other races that have been oppressed and you know enslaved for the, all the time and you know denons have been slaves of renins for quite some time and this is where the story kicks in like i i jokingly talk about in a in the last segment about this when i was talking about we were going to review this that there's some political social groups that if they if this if tales of arise was a book i think it would they certain social political and conservative groups would try to ban this story in this book this is another way of telling and explaining people about racism which some people have tried to use in literary fact uh, you know uh aspects uh books that will try to teach kids about racism and slavery and you know of, you know from 400 years ago but there are political groups that are trying to ban and burn these books because and not allow you know kids to learn about these books because they don't want them to learn about our history in our country here in america i as if it didn't happen because they're afraid that they're going to be vilified when all we are trying to do or all what people are trying to do is basically just make people aware that this existed this happened and yes let's learn about this so we can learn from it and not do it again let's learn from the mistakes of the past that's what people are trying to get across that's what critical race theory is in a nutshell it's not to vilify the present it's trying to learn from the past to make a better future tales of her eyes does a great job doing this within their own way with their characters and story and within it you got all these different characters that have their different situations alfin is the main character here who's a slave denon <clears throat> and he is the man in the iron mask if you will that this mask gives him an ability for some reason to be impervious to pain but he's been a slave he's been a dentist slave for quite some time and somehow he meets up with a woman named uh shion who has this curse ability of 
creating what, it, what she calls thorns, which is just this power that anybody that is deadly to anybody that goes near her, except Alfin, who's able to tolerate the pain and has a threshold of pain. He can not only, he can not only, you know, uh, withstand her pain, he can also handle her flaming sword that she could project through the power of her source that she has. And those two go out on a journey to stop all the Renin in the world and stop the racism that's going on. And they, you know, through this, they meet a whole bunch of other characters. If you played any Tales game, you know what to look out for. Um, there's always going to be a group of characters. There's a guild of characters that you're going to meet. This time around, you're meeting uh, warriors Kasaria. Uh, I'm sorry, Kasara, uh, Dohelum, uh, who's a really awesome character. Renwill, who's a really interesting character because she hates all Renin and she thinks all Renin is evil. But we learned that that's not the case because Shion is Renin as well. But she's kind of been vilified by her own, you know, by her own cultural group, if you will. So she tags along with Elfin, who is dead in, and these two kind of like a mixed relationship right now. They, uh, but you know, that are is growing as time goes by. They learning to trust each other. Renwell still has a reserves for Renan as well. No, like she's just full on, right? Like she's, I guess she's like kind of, you know, the black. She's kind of like the black grandfather. Like I got a every, almost every black person in my community has a grandfather who's been around during those times when, you know, they like Chris Rock jokes about it. It's like, you know, you know, he was driving the cab back then. My grandfather was the cab. You know, it was like that time. My grandfather included was one of those people. He's a Mason. He been around all those times during a really racist 60s 50s whatever like that and he would be the first to call you know people crackers you know and stuff like that it's one of those type of situations and she kind of reminds me of that she's that character that like she's been around for so long to see so much evil from the renins that she refuses to believe that renins can be good that you got some people in my community who would think that all white people are bad and you will learn that that's not really the case it's not a nurture situation it's a nurturing situation that's what happens in this situation she figures out that it's not it's not of nature it's a nurture after a while so you also have law who is also a uh he's like the fighter hot-headed fighter of the group as well so you got all these really great characters that you're going in each one of them with their own abilities and, and talents and skills and backstories and whatnot as well dolem is a very interesting one too dolem O'Hara or um Aras joins the crew as well um who is in a he's in a mix of a situation he's a high privilege renin but in his situation he lives in the land where both renin and denon coexist and kasara is his guardian but they tag along with the group too but his 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 situation is interesting because he's a guy with privilege so like he's the guy he's the, the rich dude with what we call in the real world white privilege so it's kind of that situation with this and to see him learn about the ideologies of the people that he's joining around and all of them trying to learn about each other's ideologies and cultures and everything and 
misconceptions and stereotypes and everything. This is, I mean, this game has so much depth to it. I was so surprised at what I was, I didn't expect this to be like, I, I was going to get this game when it first came out, but there were so many other games that I was reviewing at the time. I was eventually, I put this on hold cause I do love to tell series, but I know how deep this game can get and how much hours I got to put. So I don't know to what end I'm going to really want to dedicate that time to, but I'm glad I did because now I have this on a PS5 and I get to enjoy all the PS5 glory uh, features with this, which I gotta say is really not that much in this say, but let's explain. So first of all, I love the idea that this game is powered by um, the Unreal 4 engine, like everything else. Um, I for the PlayStation 5, it looks really awesome, but I will say there are parts of it visually to me that still feels a little bit like it's a PS4 game. Um, in particular, just I think because it is on a PS, it is also, uh, I believe, on a PS3 uh, is I mean, PS4 as well, and the Xbox One that they couldn't really go above and beyond it. What I believe they could do. Um, I wish this was truly like an open world experience, but it's not, it's like stage by stage, if you will, they, but they made it look like it was open world. Like it's not breath of the wild or, um, horizon zero dawn landscape level, but it's the, the, the map stages are fairly big. Um, there's some things that you could do that you couldn't do control wise as well that I liked in here. Like for instance, um, you can, when you're traveling, when not, you know, attacking enemies or whatever, you can now jump, you can run, which is things that I think you can run on a regular Tales of Vesperia, but you couldn't jump. And now it just feels more free this time around. I like that idea. Um, a lot of cool things you could do. I like the new dynamic battle uh, action system that they had. The battle system is really well done. I think they took a bit from what Guardians of the Galaxy was doing, but I think they made it better and more fast paced. Um, basically Elfin is your only character that you can play from what I understand. Cause I've tried to play with other characters or make other characters, the leader character, but when it goes into action, Elfin's the only one that you can play. But when you're not, when you're just roaming around and exploring, um, areas, you can play, you can walk around as the other characters. But at that point, I'm feeling like the negative about that is that why, why did I even care? Because Elfin, unless I could change the party of the, which I don't believe I've done. Don't quote me on it, but as far as I know, like once you actually, once you actually go into battle, you're Elfin. Elfin is all, you know, all the times. So that was my only gripe about that part. But like, once you get into battle, I love it because you control all of Elf, um, Elfin's moves and you upgrade and there's a new skill tree system now that you can get more, uh, you know, different moves sets and all the stuff and different power-ups and make your, um, your characters a lot more powerful than they were before. Um, but what I love about this one is that each one of your characters have a meter and I, now you got up to like, at the time, I think you got like four people that were fighting or three people that were fighting alongside with you in battle. Now it's moved up to, I believe, I think six people along with Alfin that fights. And while they're all fighting, you can hit the R button or the L, no, I'm sorry, the L button and uh or the one of the trigger buttons i should say and activate one of the fighters when their meter goes up so you could do so they could do a more powerful move um and then 
you'll have like around six people, all, you know, AIs all assisting you at the same time, but you're controlling the outcome of the battles as well. There's also, um, their strike moves are much better this time. Like you can't do a strike move on Tales of Asperia because it goes so fast, but their strike moves this time around, which allows you to do some really cool team up um, moves between you and whoever you're close next to. So if you're like close to uh, Shion, they'll do a move. If like Kiesera or uh, Dohelum is next to each other, they'll do a cool move. And Law has his own move as well that they all do mix and match. So all these moves are really cool and it helps you, you know, create a more team camaraderie with each other as well. So I love that system that they have too. Um, I love the cooking system that they have as well. I love the new weapons that they have and the, and the changeable weapons. I also like that now they added weapon skins to this um, game, which I really appreciated uh, with this. And that is just, you know, just part of the aspect of this game that I really appreciate it. Because if I like, for instance, if you got the, the, you know, the weapon skin, if you get a particular weapon that's more powerful than the, you know, other skin, the other weapon that you have, but it looks better. You can switch the skin, the weapon skin of you. Now, this the other game that I, I knew that you could do that too as well as uh, Grand um, Blue Fantasy, the fighting game that Arc System Works made uh, as well. You can change the skin of that for um, the weapon skin for that too. If you don't like a particular sword design, you could change it to the sword, you know, the skin to the sword design while keeping the same attributes of that weapon. So you have that. Um, the monsters look awesome, stunning visuals all around. I mean, the environment just looks great. Now, I'm, it, it looks, the environments and the character designs and everything looks spectacular. But if you're looking for like Horizon Zero or Dawn or Forbidden West, you know, graphics, it's, you're not gonna find it. It's a, just a tad bit step back from that, but it's an anime form, so it looks awesome nonetheless. It just it looks beautiful um they did a great job with this game uh there's nothing about this game the acting the cast is awesome um the costumes are beautifully done they got all these different costumes that you can wear you know dlc stuff um and what i love about it too is like whatever you wear no matter what cutscene you have that's not an anime scene you'll always be wearing that in the cutscene. so it's like real time and everything they got extra dlc packs that you could get to um never got the warring state one i should get that one but a lot of just a I think this whole game is a lot of fun um if you liked any of the, this is where this is one of the hits of bandai namco that i love like they do such great things when it comes to stuff like this they they they're so hit or miss but more hits i would say bandai namco is more hits than miss this is one of them. The Tell series, they never do wrong. Um, I also like to cut scenes because that's something Tells that always does too. That as you're going along, you sometimes trigger a moment where you could do a story scene that helps you, you know, get to know the characters better. And the character, again, the character development is just awesome here. And the story is just fantastic. Like, I, it, the, the story is one of the most sophisticated stories I've, I've, um, enjoy it all year so far. I absolutely enjoyed this, um, because there's a story that we need. And if this is a way to get people to understand about the current climate of what we're going through right now in our real world, then 
kudos to Bandai Namco for this. Kudos to everybody involved in this. I thought this was really cool that they uh, put together. And yeah, I, I, I just, just enjoy. If you love Scarlet Nexus and games like that, um, you're gonna absolutely enjoy this. And if you never enjoyed a Tales game, start. You can start here. You don't have to go. To, this is the beauty, beautiful part about the Tales games. You can play any of the Tales games and enjoy them. I would. Now the question is, should you start with Tales of Vesperia first? Because the thing is, Tales of Vesperia's gameplay and this gameplay are way different because this one is way more evolved and it took from the template of Tales of Vesperia and evolved it majorly. I would say you could start here. You could start here and backtrack if you want to other Tales games, but these games are like, if you're a person like me who loves action role-playing games, this is one of the finest of them all. I mean, just beautiful art, uh, art, uh, anime style art, um, by the company known as, um, UFO table or UFO table, if you will, they're, they're the studio behind, uh, Demon Slayer and the Fate Stay, uh, games or whatnot, or in anime. If you really are fans of them, you're going to love this game the story. Everything about it is just fantastic. And again, overall, you need a really great adventure this is one and it's easy to get into easy to play you can challenge yourself you can play to just to enjoy the story if you want they give you choice there is no there's dlc packs but no microtransactions or any of that crap here just enjoy it for what you love just enjoy it immensely it's an awesome game so if i am going to give this any type of a grade i give this a plus I give this an A plus because the visuals, the gameplay, the story, the character development, this thing has it all. This is an awesome game. Um, I believe this was possibly nominated last year for some awards too. So, it, you know, this is, this, this, they put, they put money in this game and they put a lot of value to this game. Get it rather now or get it when it goes on sale. It's worth definitely checking out. So kudos to them on that i i wish i would have played it sooner if i knew that the premise of this was really kind of based on you know the current state of what's going on right now it's just very well told in a wonderful way and um go check it out it's just dope you know kudos to bandai namco on this one so folks that will do it for this edition of select start thank you guys so much for listening to this in every one of our shows here and if you would like to listen to this in all of our shows and you know backtrack there's so many ways to do so first of all you could do so on talktimelive.com where all of our episodes are here on audio and video as well check out all of our audio episodes on the podcast page on talktimelive.com you could also go to our video exclusives tab on there we got media with my panels from the repop metaverse on there uh you can check that out you can check out blog entries that i've made here as well with reviews on certain you know toys figures video game accessories stuff like that from the past um some convention experiences i had from new york comic-con last year i definitely can't wait to do it again this year um fan expo which i recently did um going to the you know again my exclusive page where i got interviews with some of the best in all of uh anime comics movies and games 
Clerks 3 star Brian O'Halloran, uh, Rebecca Kennedy, actor of many different TV shows and, and uh, movies that she's done. Um, Adam Tarrany, Ben Arittis of Way Forward, Megaran, Matt Papa, formerly of NT Creates as well. Kyle Abert, the voice of Gohan, Fat Gum, you name it is on air. Danielle Kennedy, just countless names on here as well. Amanda C. Miller, the cast of Naruto. I have had the opportunity to interview and moderate them all. Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman as well, is in this list. So go out of your way, check it out. And uh, spread the word. Tell everybody about Talk Time Live, if you will. You know, the more the merrier. I'm here to talk about fandoms and all that. And I'm going to have another guest coming soon as well um, for all you wrestling fans out there. And especially for all you Canadian podcast fans out there. Uh, we got to... We got a good one coming uh, in the works. So stay tuned for that. One of my first Canadian guests that will be coming on to the show for a special fun episode. If you're a wrestling gamer fan, um, stay tuned. We're going to set up something really fun and cool for you there. So uh, stay tuned for that and much, much more. If you want to subscribe and download to any of your favorite podcasts, we are everywhere where podcasts are listened to, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Poppy, TuneIn, Audible, Pandora, Pocket Cast, Tumblr, you name it, we're there or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. We are there. So this Sunday, it is happening. Tonight, I am going to see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and this Sunday, we're going to talk about that. We're not only going to talk about that, we're going to talk about the season quote unquote season as what they're saying finale of moon Knight, and we'll talk about that because nobody knows what the hell is going to happen after what happened at the end of that show so we're going to talk about that my thoughts on the entire series as well um and and what i thought of the recent dr strange movie that i am officially caught up with marvel's what if because everything that has happened on that is gonna follow up in whatever's happening there guaranteed after if you watch the recent commercials up there you you know something there's a lot of what happened in what if that's gonna happen in that movie so i'm looking forward to tonight and um much much more so folks thank you again it's been awesome and i'm looking forward to having fun with you this sunday and more to come on behalf of myself this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care, and I'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.